All right. Good morning, everybody. Everybody's doing all right. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are. We count it an honor um, to be in this era of time, this time where we can be your lights, your salt, um, to preserve and light up a dark realm that when you be lifted up will draw people. And we appreciate you uh, for being our father, for being there, for giving us worth and dignity and for giving us um, the, the opportunity to serve you. And as we go over these points today, I pray, Lord, that we understand that because you won, we win. Because of what you did over 2000 years positions us to always be victorious. And I pray that their hearts and minds are receptive for what you gave me early this morning for me to share with these young people. So, Father, use me like you never have before. We come against every demonic spirit, anything that may war against myself, against these young people. I counsel every plot and scheme against the minds of everyone in this room. I counsel every plot and scheme against myself as I deliver an onslaught against the enemy. And we appreciate you again, Father, uh, for using me at this moment for these young people. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. All right, the scripture I'm going to read today is going to be coming from 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 15. And the title of my talk today is 15 Things You Must Keep in Mind or 15 Things You Must Do in Order to Always Have a Winning Season. Long title. For those who are new to me, you know we're going to go over a lot of points. But 15 Things You Must Keep in Mind. In order to make this your winning season or 15 things you must do in order to make every season a winning season. I picked 15 words with five letters starting with G. OK, the scripture I have here is now thanks be to God who always. Not often, not sometimes, not most of the time, but thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph, to win, to overcome. To conquer. And through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and of those who are perishing. I love that word aroma. The question I have for you right now, when God smells your life, does he smell a fragrance or does he smell an odor? What's the aroma? Because when people look at your life, they're going to see hope. When they look at your life, they want to see joy. They want to see that the gospel of God, the gospel of Christ is exuding from you, enabling you to be a witness in your generation. Now, let's get right into this. I have a lot of points. I have this I want to say first. Say this with me. Readiness, Readiness. is essential for success. Readiness, Readiness. is essential for success. There's a text in the word of God that says, be ready in season and out of season. This summer was your off season. These first few weeks that you're embarking on right now is your preseason. The season for you all probably starts around what? Mid-September, October, where things start getting heated up. And the success and the work that you put in this off season will determine how you will start this season, which is your school year. I don't care what happened last year. I don't care what happened last night. I don't care what you're going through, what you've been through. I don't care how you view yourself. My goal is to help you see how God views you, to help you see that you can conquer, you can win. I don't care what you had to do. I had to work two jobs as a young man with my mom. 
after basketball practice, I had to go clean up a church. We had to go clean up a dentist's office. So it doesn't matter what your story is. I understand it to a degree. But there's nothing that can stop the God that's going to work through you. Now, 15 things real quick because I don't have that much time. Number one, in order to make every season a winning season, you must always endeavor to give God the what? Glory. The word of God says in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Only God is able to handle glory. No human being has the capacity to on, in, on their shoulders to bear the weight of God's glory. That's why if you come into this season trying to get glory for yourself, if you're trying to embark in being an athlete or being an academic or so whatever field of study, you cannot handle glory. There's so many people right now who, who have glory, but they can't handle what the, only the divine can handle. And so my objective is for you to understand no matter what you do, keep God in mind. God's omnipresence. He's everywhere. See, my love, the Bible says the fear of God is the what? The beginning, the beginning of knowledge, the beginning of wisdom, not the middle, not the end. It's the beginning. Whatever area in your life that you lack a reverence for God, you're going to lack wisdom in that area. What keeps me reverential towards God, towards my wife, towards my obligation on his job, towards everything I do is that I know God is everywhere. Therefore, I must reverence him. So that everything I do, whether I'm eating a sandwich, whether I'm eating a juice, no matter what I do, I'm doing it for the glory of God. Because I got to go all the way down to my diet. Why? I got to make sure that my body is gripped enough for it to be useful enough for God to get glory through it. That's why God said in everything you do, think of me. Number two, in order to make every season a winning season, you got to live a godly life. Godly life. If you want this to be your winning season, you got to say, I'm going to live a godly life. Romans 12 one says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a what? Living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service or spiritual worship. That's a reasonable thing we can do for God. <laughs> it's to live a godly life. What are those things that you're engaging in right now that's contaminating your ability to live godly? See, I love what Jesus did for me. When he died on the cross, he took my sin. He took your sin. He took everybody's sin on the cross. And what did he give me? He, what did he give you? His righteousness. See, the imputed righteousness of Jesus, that's the ap apologetic word, means the transfer that he took my sins, gave me his right so I can stand before God in right standing. So right now, I'm in right standing before God. But that right standing should inspire a righteous life. When I know the sacrifice and what's been given to me for me to have access to the Holy God, do you know that the priests had to tie a rope around their ankle? So when they went to the holies of holies, if that gentleman had any sin in his life, he'll drop dead. We have to understand the importance of the holiness of God. What you have access to right now shouldn't be taken lightly. He's holy. And when you know that people died, priests died, because they walked into the presence of God. You should be thankful that Jesus allowed us to be in right standing with the Father so that we can approach his throne boldly. And we have the audacity to live in sin. We have the audacity to do what we want as if God is not holy. It's only his grace and mercy that's reserving his wrath. And there's coming a day there's going to be people who stand before God and it's going to say, I never knew you. I live this life too seriously. I cannot get immersed in culture because I'm a pilgrim passing through it. 
And if you make this place your home, you're going to end up compromising and not have that godly life. Number three, what you need to do or keep in mind to make every season a winning season, you got to set stretchable and eternal goals. Glory number one, godly number two, and goals number three. Psalms 37, four says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Philippians 3.14 says, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. In order for you to be successful, you got to say, am I setting goals that are eternal? The only goal I have as far as eternal that every other goal find themselves under is to hear these two words when I die. Well done. If that's your goal, you will do everything well. My goal in life is to make sure, that's why I already know, man, when I see God, I'm crying, fam, because I know him tangibly. See, my belief in God is not emotional. My, 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 my connection with God is both. It's intellectual. It's emotional. I know he's real. It's factually proven that the word of God is true. It's factually proven. So nobody can shake me off my square. But when I know that he's the source and the solution for the deep longings in my heart, I can't help but say, God, I can't wait to see you. So no matter what I do in this life, I set goals from an eternal perspective. Goals because anything you do on this earth without God's endorsement has no eternal value. We got to make sure that we say, you know what, God, <clears throat> my goal is to do everything you want me to hold in this life. Y'all all right? Another thing you have to keep in mind or you must do in order to have a winning season, every season you must grind. You must grind. You must work hard. Proverbs 16.3 says, commit your works to the Lord and your plans will be established. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, whatever you find your hands to do, do it with your might. Listen, this, let me tell you something about the real world. They ain't going to hand you nothing. You're going to have to work for it. Unfortunately, your generation, no, no respectfully, no disrespect. Because of convenience, because everything is handed to you, most people feel like we're supposed to hand things to you. There's people across the tracks, there's people across the borders. That's why Americans got to be somewhat in their feelings when foreigners come on over here and they get AIDS. Foreigners buying up gas stations. Foreigners buying up everything because you know why? They know what it's like to live in hell. They know what it's like to go through with barely anything. But because we live in so much comfort, we get comfortable and we think that we're just going to have things handed to us. You got to work. This year, if you want to be a winning season, you got to grind for it. You got to work for it. You got to say, you know what? I'm going to give my best every day because I want to be someone that God gets the glory from. You can't put half effort and expect a full return. Let's keep going. <clears throat> it says, commit your work to the Lord. Everything you do, you commit it to him. And it says your thoughts will be established. Let's keep going. I have a lot more points. Number five. What to keep in mind or what you must do in order to make this your winning season. You got to examine everybody who's in your group. Who's in your group? Who are your friends? Birds of a feather what? If you're the sharpest one in your group, you ain't going to get sharpened. Ask yourself, how sharp are you? Let me tell you something about friends. <clears throat> That's an expensive thing. 
Friendship is expensive. I don't have many friends. A person with many friends is a fool. A person that has too many people in their life means they don't have enough time for themselves. Friendship is a free service. <laughs> people who my friends, they get free advice. They might get a free ride. They get free. They get a lot of things. And you got to examine who's in your circle. Are they sharp? Are they going to make you better? If you're around people with D's and F's, you're going to have C's and D's and F's yourself. You got to say, hey, I'd rather be a friend of me. Let me tell you two friendships you must have before you select another friend. The first friend you must have is God. Because there's going to be some lonely roads ahead of you. In your generation right now, before in elementary school, you knew who your idols were. <clears throat> you knew who you got all your advice from, your parents. Now when you get into middle school and high school, you know who determines your decisions, your peers. And that's what jacks up a lot of people in this generation because they see monkey do, what is it, what's saying? Monkey see, monkey do. And so what happens is now you're saying, I'm comparing myself to other people. Listen, I had Payless shoes. I don't even know if Payless still in existence. I didn't have, I never had a pair of Joys. I had a Jumpman. I don't even know if they're Joys. Number two was a Jumpman's. And, and I, I didn't have everything. And I used to feel like I was nothing. I used to feel like just because I didn't have another man's emblem on me, I felt like I was nothing. But I never checked the emblem on my heart, which, which the Holy Spirit has sealed upon me. You are not logos. You are not the value of a brand. And the issue is some of you all may find yourself, well, I'm not cool enough. Let me tell you something, man. The people you're trying to impress now will be the same ones talking about you tomorrow. The same people that you juking and jiving for, dancing for, trying to be friends with, don't care about you. You got to be your own friend. God is my number one friend. Then I'm my second best friend. Then my wife's my third best friend. So no matter what she does, I'm still in good company. She ain't going to do nothing. She's a great woman. What I'm saying is this the principle. Because what happens when all your friends leave? Okay, I still got God, fam. Let's keep going. Who's in your group? 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says, do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Really take some time today and think about your friends. Look at their stories. Look at their Instagram feed. Look at everything and ask yourself, where are they going? Are they corrupting me? Are they making me not who I need to be? Next point. Another thing you need to keep in mind and make sure you understand in order to have a winning season every season, you must understand that God wants to do something great through you. John 14, 12 says, truly, truly, Jesus said, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And what greater works than these will he do or she do because I am going to the Father. When I heard this message and it really hit me hard for the first time when I heard it, even though I may have heard it 15 other times, I said, God, you want to do something great through me? Listen, man. God is looking for people who's available. People think you have, to have, you have to have a lot of money to do something great. People think that you have to have a rich this or a rich that to be great. All you need is time with him. Listen, man. 
If only you knew what I found out at 25, you could change the world today. What does God want to do through you? What is that great work that he wants to use you for? Let's keep going for time's sake. Now, another thing you need to do to keep in mind, number seven, watch where you graze. Watch where you graze. Graze mean where you feed, where you eat from. If you looked at your explore page, it's going to give you an example of where you feed the most. Why do you think they call it social media what? Feed. Because they're feeding you. What are you grazing on? What are you ingesting? What are you chewing through? Because whatever you graze on will determine the diet, will determine the discipline, will determine everything that you exude from your life. What do you look at? If you go to your Instagram page, what do you see the most? If you look at mine, excuse food. <laughs> it's facts, you know what I'm saying? But it's business, it's ministry. Because I know what I feed on will determine who I become. Next. Oh, Psalms 1 1 says, and I'm gonna give you a lot of points, but this is to set the tone for the year for you all. Uh, Psalms 1 1 Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. It also says, Do not be conformed, Romans 12 2, to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may prove. I lost my place. Discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. What you feed on will determine. I, people understand that um, sugar, a lot of different things that we eat, affects our brains. Do you know your brains can be inflamed? And that's why we can't really be as sharp as we need to. Imagine how we are emotionally when we chew on things in this world. It's conforming us into an image that God doesn't want us to bear. So you got to ask yourself, who do I want to become? What do I want to have? Change your diet. Next. Y'all all right? Yes. Another thing you need to do to keep in mind, in order to make every season a winning season, you got to grade yourself. In other words, be honest with you. I think I spoke this Sunday to the 16, 18-year-olds. Uh, I was like, what you say, uh, Alex? You, you got to be real with yourself? Yeah, something like that. Something like that? Oh. That's real. That's real. Self-examination is a lost art. Every night you should reflect. Every week you should reflect. Every month you should reflect and ask yourself, where am I really? Where am I really? Because everybody want to go to the league, but you ain't dribbled a ball in weeks. Everybody want to be rich, but you spend like you broke. Everybody wants the 1% life, but don't willing, ain't, is not willing to do the opposite of the other 99. I don't watch a full basketball game. Why? Why watch LeBron make millions when I ain't even scratch my first one? Why watch three hours of my life gone to watch somebody else succeed? I don't have time for that. My wife wants a big house. My children, I'm thinking about my children's children. I'm thinking about the Ezzy legacy. My wife didn't put on this jersey for nothing. She got my name on the back of that jersey. I don't got time to ingest or involve myself. Thank you, my brother. 
Cause you know we African Nigerians, we boy. I'm trying to tell you, boy, I sweat through it. That's why I ain't had my jacket on. I said, that would be a wrap, bro. How many hours do you scroll online and ain't even did nothing for your purpose? You want it bad, but you're not willing to do what it takes. You can't expect and then get mad when someone look at the, the game you put on the court and says, maybe you should go D3. But your feelings hurt because you ain't taking the time to look yourself in the mirror and be honest with you. Am I putting the right work in for that level? I got to be in my Bible every day. If LeBron bounces a ball every day, if Tom Brady throws a football every day, if they do it every day, I got to be in my craft daily, hourly. Up to two in the morning, getting 15 words, five letters, starting with G. Because I want to challenge myself. Can I find 15 words that start with G with five letters and impact you? That's hard work. Writing books to four in the morning, eight books right now, coming one coming out of September. Working on two card games. I ain't playing with this life because it's a vapor. And you got to look yourself in the mirror and say, am I giving myself what I need? To be who I desire to be. Desire can only get you started, but discipline gets you across the finish line. So you got to grade yourself and be honest and stop being soft with you. Josh, you ain't did good today. I ain't going to cry about it. I'm going to be about it. Because all of us, you know what we do? We lie to ourselves and we let other people lie to us. Oh, you're going to be great. You know that stuff was trash. <laughs> We got to be honest with ourselves if we want to win. We're talking about winning. We ain't talking about competing. We ain't talking about being in the game. We ain't talking, no, no, no. Are you sick and tired of being a water boy? Are you sick and tired of being on the bench? Are you ready to get in the game and you get mad at God because he don't call you to play? And then get mad at somebody with half your talent, getting more minutes than you? God can care less about talent because everybody has it. He's looking for people who are skilled. Steph Curry's how tall? Is he the tallest? Is he the strongest? But he's the most skilled at what he does. He was not recruited by everybody. Carolina didn't recruit him. Duke didn't recruit him. He went to Davidson up the street. And people say, well, he was rich. He had a gym. No, no, no. Hunger has no respect of money and who has what. It's about who overlooked you. I'm so glad I was overlooked when I was y'all's age. Oh, it built. Hey, listen, I got a Pringle-sized chips on my shoulder. I don't eat them. I keep them there. Because the moment you get full, you start fading back. You got to stay hungry. You eat what's on that plate and say, no, I want some more. Because I know the more I get in it, the more I can win it. Uh, first, 2 Corinthians 13, 5 said, examine yourselves. To see whether you are in the faith, test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourself that Jesus Christ is in you? Lamentations 3, 4 says, let us test and examine our ways and return to the Lord. Are you really living for God? Grade yourself. Test yourself spiritually and ask yourself, am I really on par? Let's keep going. Next, in order to. Make every season a winning season. You got to guard your heart. Guard. Number one is glory. Number two is godly. Number three is goals. Number four is grind. Number five is group. Number six is great. Number seven is grades. Number eight is grade. 
Number nine is guard. You must guard your heart. In order to make this a winning season, it says Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart with all what? Diligence and vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. Everyone deserves some access to your love, but not everybody deserves access to your heart. There's a difference. Love is, hey, how you doing? That's the love, because I don't even want to speak to you. Love, that's love. That's a part of my love. I said it sometimes, I said, it's crazy how we give street people access to the most intimate parts of us. See, there are some people that you talk to in the street. I give this analogy all the time. There's people that's on the street, but you won't let them in your front yard. There's some people you let in your front yard, but you won't let them sit on you and sip some sweet tea or eliminate on your front porch. There's some people you'll let on your front porch, but you won't let them in your living room. There's certain people you let in your living room, but you ain't gonna let them in your bedroom. We got young people here. So why are we allowing street people to have access to what's valuable to us? It's because we don't know our value. I learned my value, or I'm still learning parts of my value, but people used to always ask me for advice, Mr. Ezzy or Coach Josh, before I came here, you know. And I said, man, I'm giving a bunch of free stuff away. Until I said, you know what? I'm going to start charging $150 an hour, $125 an hour, depending on the situation, $75 an hour. I said, because I'm married now, I can't just be giving all of my energy and my time everywhere because the best way to compensate for your time is what? Money. All right? But the issue is, is that we're so used to just giving everything that we're not guarding the most valuable part of us, and that's our heart. Who has access to your heart who shouldn't? Who are you allowing to get so close to you? Because the devil will always use the one closest to you to distract you oftentimes. Because some of the people in your life right now are ticking time bombs. They don't even know they're being used by the devil. They don't even know that they're in your life for a season. And then what happens when you date them and you get with them, and all of a sudden, two years later, they leave you. Now you're wounded. Didn't know that from the beginning that was an attack on the enemy, from the enemy. Number 10. In order to have a winning season every season, you can't gloss over the little things. You can't gloss over the little things. The Bible says the little fox is what? Spoils the vine. The Bible says a little leaven does what? Leavens the whole lump. Why did they say the little foxes spoil the vine? They had big fences to protect their vine. Because they thought, I'm going to keep the big devils out. I'm going to keep the big foxes out. But they didn't take enough time to consider that little foxes can get up under the fence and chew at the vine. They were trying to protect their fruit, but they wasn't trying to protect their vine. The vine is more important than the fruit. Why? That's where the source comes from. The enemy, what we're doing, we protect our house. We protect our cars. We protect y'all kids. So never mind. Y'all protect y'all. What's valuable to y'all? Family. Family. We protect the visible things, but we don't protect the thing that sources it. What is chewing at the vine? What is chewing at the source of your life? Let's keep going. Number 11. <laughs> what to keep in mind? What you must do to have a winning season every season? Don't be afraid of ghosts. They're defeated. Second Timothy 1 7 says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of what? That's good. That's good. 
No need to be afraid of devils. No, no need to be afraid. If you want to win, you got to say, hey, I know who I am in Christ. I know what I'm equipped with. And I'm going to press through. Demons are going to try, try to attack your mind. Your mom might say something randomly. Your dad may say something randomly. People might say something randomly. But do not give nobody that much power over you. People been calling me big head since I was little. You know what I'm saying? People gonna clown you. People gonna talk about you. People who talk about other people are insecure about themselves. Anytime you hear someone making a test, going throughout your day, and just listen, who's talking about somebody? Those individuals are insecure. So I gotta bring you down to my level so I can feel tall enough. That's why I don't got time to talk about you and I be having jokes. But I say, you know what? I, I, why am I going to engage? Because from a distance, two people arguing both look like fools. So what I'm saying right now, if you always talking about somebody, you got to check your heart. And if someone talks about you, you got to say, I must be somebody, them. Let's keep going. Number 12, you got to gauge everything. In other words, discern. You got to gauge. You got to measure you got to take time to see if it's worth my time or energy. And that's what you're going to learn about in life. Right now, you got to say is, is, is how bad do I want to be successful? Now, come on, let me tell you something about success. 90% of pursuing success is doing things you don't want to do. This ain't going to change. You don't like English, I understand. You don't like math, I understand. You don't like it, but you got it. In life, you're going to have to do things you don't want to do to do things you love to do. It's called sacrifice. So why not put it into practice now? But gauge. First John 4, 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. And I think that's it. Hebrews 5, 14 says, I got five more minutes. Okay. Hebrews 5, 14 says, but solid food is for the mature. For those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish between what's good and evil. Do you know what's the difference between a counterfeit and a counterpart? Does anybody know? It's pretty. Yes. Counterfeit is fake and a counterpart is what? It goes hand in hand. Right now, have you put enough practice to say what's the difference between what's good and evil? Most of the stuff that you all and we all engage in are subtly demonic. Demons ain't just going to show up and be like, ah, they're not. They're going to be subtle. So people say, well, there ain't really bad words in this song. But do you know witchcraft is both in the beat and the words? Do you know music is the most powerful thing that causes you to be in a trance so that you can receive the agenda of the song? And just because the agenda of the song is not in the lyrics, if you play the song backwards, it has the real agenda. That they put these songs in front of witches and they conjure up spirits, music, money, most of the things that we engage in. Social media is dumbing you down on purpose. Why? Because the next generation, that's why they're going all the way down to four years old, five years old. They know the next generation, once I die off, once my group die off, the next generation is going to be welcoming socialism, welcoming communism. They're going to be welcoming a way of life that's contrary to our freedoms and liberties. So they're dumbing you down. They even say that a goldfish has a longer attention span than us. The Bible says in the last days, they won't be able to endure sound doctrine. What does that mean? If I come to you with real life principles, you're not going to be able to focus long enough to receive what you need to do to be successful. 
This world that you live in is not for play play. They're playing games on you. That's why you got to say, I got to watch what I listen to. I got to watch what I watch because it's deeper than what's visible. And so until you get that, because why? <laughs> when you had juice for the very first time, I don't know if you can remember when you was two or three. Did you want water? No. Why? You ain't got no sugar. I ain't got no sugar. So the devil been stirring sugar in his cup all these years and saying, taste and see. And then when you want the water, when you need the things that benefit you, you can't even handle it. So you got to learn how to gauge everything and say, take four steps back and say, okay, did God send this or did the devil send this? Do you know, and I ain't trying to scare nobody, do you know this organized system by the devil is well organized? That there's demons that look after you that say, you know what, how can I trap her? How can I trap him? This ain't a game. It's about souls. This ain't about, oh, I'm just the devil and I'm God. This is about human souls. The devil wants souls to mock God and be like, I got your creation. Why do you think the devil hates you so much? Because you replaced him. Some scholars believe, and in some place in the text, some people don't believe, some people believe that Satan was the angel of music. So before humans were ever created, he was the one that brought glory to God. Then the glory got so heavy for him that he got jealous of God and says, I will exalt my throne above God's throne. And then what happened when he fell to earth and saw that when that man claps, it sounds like drums. When that person sings, it sounds like harps. When all this music is coming, we're created to glorify God. That's why angels look curiously at us because they can't be us. We're the only ones that can really bring glory to God in such a way that spreads. So the devil hates you because you're made in his image, not him. You have redemption, not him. So what's the best way to mock God is to make y'all so dumb that you can't discern between what's good and evil. I can present this and that and 99.9% of people can't determine what's the good one and what's the bad one. It used to be it was easy to do. We just chose to do it. Now it's like, I don't even know. This could be God. This couldn't be God. Let's keep going. Last, last but not least. Oh, no, I got three more. Number 13. Set up gates, not walls. If you want to win, you can't have a hard heart, man. You can't be so walled. You got to have a gate. You got to be able to let somebody in to help you. Someone trustworthy. Let's keep going. Number 14. Don't play games with this life or other people's lives. If you want to win, don't play games. James 4.14 says, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Man, this life is too, eternity is too long to live it loosely. Have we really grasped the reality of eternity? This life is, if you look from the beginning to now, you can barely see on the screen who did something. <laughs> That's how much life is like a vapor. You got to take your life very seriously. Don't play games with it. Last but not least, make your grass greener. So many people right now, the reason why they don't win is because they're comparing their life to somebody else's green grass, but don't realize that that grass is artificial. Why envy somebody else's green grass when you can make your grass greener? 
So if you want to win, you can't be looking at how great she looks or how great he looks or how successful he is. You can't look at that. You got to say, how am I tending my own grass? I believe in you all. You all are called, chosen. God has a purpose for you. Winning is not something, and Coach Mel can tell you, just because you show up don't mean you won the game. How many times have you played Coach Bell and we played at Victory, played here, and we see them little white boys, no offense if you're white, we see them little white boys from them private schools, and we walked in and we said, you know what, we got this. We walked in and was like, oh, this is going to be an easy day. And them boys, woo, woo, passing the ball, we over here, chop, 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 all across the court, and we lose by 20. It happens. Just because God has made you victorious doesn't mean you will win. I said this last year. Just because you go to victory doesn't mean you're going to be victorious. Just because Jesus did his part, you ain't just going to be winning everything. You got to say, no, I'm going to choose to win. Because the game is fixed. The refs are on your side. But you can't play like trash, though. (laughs) So my challenge to you is give God the glory. Live a godly life. Set eternal goals. Grind hard. Kick out people who shouldn't be in your group. Receive the greatness that God wants to do through you. Watch the fields you graze in. Grade yourself daily to see if you really up to par. Guard your heart because from flow it flows the issues of life. Don't gloss over the little things. Don't be afraid of ghosts. Gauge and discern everything. Set up gates, not walls. Don't play games and make your grass green. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this time.